Ashley with Hark Reading, Diane Palmer's book, Harley, Chapter 9. Alice was back in her office the following week. She turned the thermos from the river in Jacobsville over to Longfellow first thing in the morning. She was waiting for results, going over a case file when the door opened, and a tall, distinguished-looking gentleman in an expensive dark blue suit walked in unannounced. He had black hair with silver at the temples and light blue eyes. She recognized him at once. Senator Fowler, she said quickly. Miss Jones, he replied. He stood over the desk with his hands in his pocket. I wonder if you can spare me a few minutes. Of course, she indicated the chair in front of her desk. He took his hands out of his pockets and sat down, crossing one long leg over the other. I believe you know my son. She smiled. Yes, I know Harley. I, my wife and I haven't seen him for many years. We made terrible mistakes. Now it seems that we'll never be able to find out. Find our way back to him. He's grown into a fine-looking young man. He has a job. She nodded. A very good one. And friends. I'm glad. I'm very glad. Yes, indeed. We didn't know how to cope with him. He was a cocky youngster, so sure that he had all the answers. He looked down at his shoes. We should have been kinder. You lost your daughter. Alice said very gently. He lifted his eyes. And he shimmered with pain. I killed. My daughter, he backed over her with my car rushing to get to a campaign rally. He closed his After a while, afterward, I went mad. So did your wife, I think. Al said quietly. He nodded. He brushed his eyes and burned them. She was a Supreme Court judge. She started drinking and quit the bench. She said she couldn't sit in judgment of other people when her own mistakes were so terrible. She was on the phone when it happened. She just told her daughter Cecilia to stop interrogating, interrupting her, and go away. You know, this sort of offhand remark parents make doesn't mean they don't love their child. Anyway, Cecilia sneaked out the door and went behind the car unbeknownst to me. Apparently, to get a toy, she tossed under it. I jumped in without looking to see if there was anybody behind me. I was late getting to a meeting. Anyway, my, my my wife never knew Cecilia was outside until I started screaming when I knew what I'd done. We blamed each other. We had fights. Harley grieved. He blamed me most of all. But he seemed to just get right on with his life afterward. I don't think any of you did that. I was playing. I don't think you dealt with it. He looked with his blue eyes now. How do you know so much? I deal with dead ev death every day, she said simply. I've seen families torn apart by tragedies. Very few people admit that they need help or get counseling. It is horrible to lose a child. It's traumatic to lose one the way you did. You should have been in therapy, all of you. I wasn't the sort of person who could have admitted that. He said simply. I was more concerned with my image. It was an election year, you see. I threw myself into the campaign and thought, Thought would co accomplish the same thing. So did my wife. She decided to start a business to keep busy. He managed my Now we never see each other. After Harley left, we blame each other for that, too. She studied the older man. Curiously, you're a politician. You must have access to investigations. You could have found Harley. Investigators. You could have found Harley any time you wanted to. He hesitated and nodded. But that works both ways, Miss Jones. He could have found us, too. We didn't move around. Harley said you wanted him to be part of a social set that he didn't like. You think I like it? 
Yeah, I suddenly gave a bit of like, I love my job, I have power. I can do a lot of good, and I do. But socializing is part of that job. I do more business at cocktail parties than I've ever done in my office in Washington. I make contacts, I get networks going, I research, I never stop, he said. I tried to explain that to Harley, but he thought I meant that I wanted to use him to reel in campaign workers. He laughed. It's funny now. He was so green, so naive. He thought he knew all there was to know about politics and life. He looked. I hope he's learned that nothing is black or white. He's learned a lot, she replied. But he's been running away from his past for years. Too many years. I can't approach him directly. He'd take off. He clasped his hand again. I was hoping you might find it in your heart to pave the way for me. Just a little. I only want to talk to him. She narrowed her eyes. This wouldn't have anything to do with the woman we talked to at your fundraiser party. He stared at her with picturing piercing blue eyes, just a shade lighter than her. You're very quick. I didn't start this job yesterday. She replied and smiled faintly. He drew a lumber. I gave Dolores a hard time. She was deeply religious, but she got on my nerves. A man who's forsaken religion doesn't like sermons. He had a laugh mentally, but she was a good person. My wife had a heart attack earlier this year. I heard a nurse sit with her when she got home from the hospital. Unknown to me, the nurse drugged my wife and left the house to party with her boyfriend. Dolores made sure to find out that she sat with my wife. I found a lot to talk about. After my wife got back on her feet, she began to change for the better. I think it was Dolores' influence. He hung his head. I was harsh to Dolores that night of the fundraiser. That's haunted me. Too. I have a young protege, our newest senator. He's got a brother who makes me very nervous. Sorry, I keep getting off track. I do want you to help me reconnect with my son if you can, but that's not why I'm here. Then why are you here, Senator? She asked. Look, you're in the lowers didn't commit suicide. Her heart jumped, but she kept a straight face. She linked her hands in front of her on the desk and leaned forward. Why do you think that? Because once when I was this desperate, I made a joke about running my car into a tree. She was elegant on the subject of suicide. She thought it was the greatest sin of all. She said that it was an insult to God, and it caused so much grief for people who loved you. He looked I'm not an investigator, but I know she was right-handed. She was shot on the right side of her body, she said. She wasn't the sort of person to do that. She hated guns. I'm sure she never owned one and doesn't feel right. I couldn't force the assistant medical examiner to write it up as a homicide. He's near retirement, retirement, and it was your, and it was your employee who died. He's afraid of you, of your influence. He knows that you could stop the investigation on the kill raven case. Stole cold. I didn't. He said unexpectedly, his mouth. Then. Well, Saunders is the new junior senator from Texas. He's a nice guy, but his brother is a small town hoodlum with some nasty contacts who mixes with dangerous people. He's involved in illegal enterprises. Will can't stop him, but he does try to protect him. Obviously, he thinks Hank knows something about the Killer Revan case, and he doesn't want it discovered. Alice's blue eyes began to glitter. Murder is a nasty business, she pointed out. Would you like to know what was done to Killer Revan's wife and three-year-old daughter? He saw it up close. By accident. But I have autopsy photos that I've never shown anyone. If you'd like to see what happened to them. The senator, I would not, he replied. I'm willing 
For Kill Raven to look into the case, Rick Marquis' colleague was sent to work in traffic control. I'm sorry for that. Will persuaded me to get her off the case. She's a bulldog when it comes to homicide investigations. She stopped at nothing to solve a crime. He looked, Will's rather forceful in his way. I let him lead me sometimes, but I don't want either of us being shown as obstructing a murder investigation, even one that's seven years old. He's probably afraid that his brother Hank may have knowledge on the perpetrator and Will's trying to shield him. He's done that all his life, but he has no idea what the media would do to him if he ever came out that he's in, hindered the discovery of a murder, especially in a case as horrific as this. I've seen what happens when people conceal evidence. It's not pretty awesome. How can you help kill Raven? For one thing, I can smooth the way for Marquise's colleague. I'll go have a talk with the police commissioner when I leave here. He'll get her reassigned to homicide here. He scribbled a number on a piece of paper and handed That's my private cell phone number. I keep two phones on me, but only a few people have access to this number. So kill Raven to call me. Or do you have his number? Sure. She pulled out her own cell phone, pushed a few buttons, and wrote down Kill Raven's cell phone number on a scrap of paper. Odd. How familiar that number looked on paper. She handed it to the center. There. Thanks. Uh, if you like, he had a little smile as he said, You can share my private number with Harley. You can call me. Anytime, even if I'm standing at a podium making a speech somewhere, I won't mind being interrupted. She stood up to smile. I'm going down there Wednesday for the New Year's Eve celebration in town, as it happens, with Harley. I'll pass it along. Thanks, Senator Fowler. He shook my hands with her. If I can pave the way for you in the investigation into Laura's death, I'll be glad to. Yeah, I'll keep you in mind. Kill everyone will be grateful for your help, I'm sure. He smiled, waved and left. I'll sit down. Something wasn't right. She pulled up her notes on the Jacobsville murder investigation and scrolled down the series of numbers that Longfellow had transcribed from the piece of paper in the victim's hand. Gasping, she pulled up Kill Raven's cell phone number on his own cell phone on her own cell phone and compared them. The digits that were decipherable were a match for everything except the area code which was missing. Wasn't conclusive, but it was pretty certain that the murder victim had come to contract Kill Raven. Contact Kill Raven, which begged the question, did the victim know something about the old murder case? Her first instinct was to pick up the phone and call Kill Raven, but her second was caution. Without the missing numbers, it could be a coincidence. Better to let the senator call Kill Raven and get him some help. Marquise's detective friend, and go from there. Meanwhile, Alice would press Longfellow about the faded wet portion of the paper where the first few numbers were so far unreadable. The FBI lab had the technology enabling them to pull up the faintest traces of ink. They might work a miracle for the investigation. The thermos containing a tiny residue of coffee laced with the narcotic drug, Longfellow told Alice. If it's connected to your case, the assistant investigator told Alice, it could explain a lot. It would make the victim less able to defend himself from an attacker. Fingerprints? Longfellow shook it. It was clean, wipes apparently, and just tossed away. It's as if, she added frowning, the killer was so confident that he left the thermos deliberately to show his superiority. Alice smiled. I love it when perps do that, she said. When we catch them and get them into court, that cockiness usually takes a nose dive. It's kicked to see it. And they long for good. I'll keep digging, though, she assured Alice. You do that. Well, we'll need every scrap of evidence we have to pin this murder on somebody. The killer's good. Very good, she found. He's probably done this before and gotten away with it. That won't explain his efficiency, the other woman agreed. But he missed that scrap of paper in the victim's hand. Every criminal slips up eventually. Let's hope this one isn't his swan song. Oh, yes. 
Alice drove down to Jacobsville in her personal car, a little Honda with terrific gas mileage, and checked into at the motel. She reserved a room to make sure she got one because out-of-town people came for the New Year's celebration. Once she was checked in, she phoned Harley. I was going to come up and get you, he protested. I don't want you driving on the road tonight either, Harley. She replied softly, son. What am I going to do with you, Alice? I have several suggestions. She began rightly, he laughed. You can tell me tonight. Barber's Cafe is staying open for the festivities. Suppose I come and get you about six, and we'll have supper, then we'll go to the Cattlemen's Association building where the party's being held. That sounds great. It's formal, he added. No worries. I brought my skimpy little black cocktail dress and my sassy boa, he chuckled. Not a live one, I hope. Nope. <laughs> I'll see you later then, he said in a low, sexy tone. I'm looking forward to it. He hung up, so did she. Then she checked her watch. It was going to be a long afternoon. Harley caught his breast when she opened the door. She was dressed in a little black silk dress with spaghetti straps and a brief low-cut bodice that made the most of the per pert breasts. The dress clung to her hips, fell to her knees in a silky Profusion. She wore dark hose and black slingback pumps. She used enough makeup to give her an odd foreign appearance. Her lips, plumped with a glossy red stay-on lipstick, were tempting. She wore a knitted black boa with blue feather wisps and carried a small black evening bag with a long strap. Well, I do, Alice asked innocently. Harley couldn't even speak. He nudged her back into the room, closed and locked the door, took off his hat and his jacket, and pushed her gently on the bed. Sorry, he murmured as his mouth took hers like a whirlwind. She moaned as he slid onto her, teasing her legs apart so that he could ease up her skirt and touch the soft flesh there with a lean, exploring hand. His mouth became demanding. His hands moved up and down her yielding body, discovering soft curves and softer flesh beneath. With his mouth still insisted on her parting lips, he brushed away the spaghetti straps and buried her to the waist, lifted his head to look at her taunt, maved tip brush. Beautiful, he whispered in his mouth, diverted to the hardness, covered it delicately and with a subtle suction that arched her off the bed in a stab of pleasure so deep that it seemed to make her swell all over. She forced his head closer, wiltering under him as the long hunger built and built in the second silence of the room. All she wanted was for him never to stop. She whispered it, moaning, coaxing as the flames grew higher and higher, and his hands reached under her, searching for a waistband. Her cell phone blared out the theme from the original Indiana Jones movie. They both jumped at the sound. Harley, his mind returning to normal, quickly drew his hands out from under Alice's skirt with a grimace and rolled away. He lay struggling to get his breath. While she eased off on the bed, she burst from the floor where she dropped it. She mentioned a horse to Alice Haynes. Alice Haynes Carson asked because she did sound like herself. Yes, she said, forcing herself to breathe normally. Haynes? Yes, I wanted to know if you found out anything about that thermos. Yes, did I call it a bad time? She managed to laugh. We could debate that. <laughs> Actually, the thermos was clean. No fingerprints, but the liquid and traces of narcotic laced in it. She went, but Longfellow's still looking. We've got the note at the FBI lab. Hopefully, they'll be able to get the missing numbers for us. But they've got a backlog, and it's the holidays. No much hope for anything this week. I was afraid of that. Well, we live in hope, she said and glanced at Harley, who was now sitting up and looked pained. 
way to coming to the celebration tonight. Sure am. You coming? I'll never miss it. Uh, it's hardly bringing you. She left. He is. We'll see you there. Sure thing. He hung up. She glanced early with a wicked smile. Well, we can take hands and put up a word control tonight, can't we? He burst out laughing to smile his discomfort. Managed to get to his feet, still struggling to breathe normally. I can think of a few other permanent adjectives that would fit him. Unprintable ones, I'll bet. She went up to him and put her hands on his brow chest. She reached up to kiss him. It was good timing. I couldn't have stopped. Yeah, me neither. He confessed, flashing a little. Flashing a little. It's been a long dry spell. He bent and pressed his mouth over. <sighs> but we've proven that we're physically compatible. <laughs> we mused definitely. So how about we get married tomorrow morning? <laughs> Joe can't. I'm brushing bulls for a regional show. Brushing bulls. He went around. Purebred hires. High. Hurt sires, they have to be brushed and combed and dolled up. The more ribbons we win, the higher we can charge for their, oh well, straw. Oh, semen he met, but he was too nice to say it bluntly. I know what straws are, Harley. She I get the idea. So, not tomorrow. I live in hope. She returned. She went to the mirror in the bathroom repair makeup, which was really smeared. Better check your face, too, she called. This never smeared lipstick has dishonored publicity. Does smear? He walked up behind her. His shirt was undone. She remembered doing that, her hands buried in the sick hair that covered his chest, tugging it while he kissed her. She flushed at the memory, checked his face. Side of a pass, lowered his eyes to Alice's flushed cheeks in the mirror, put his hands on her shoulder, and tightened them. Oh, we can't get married tomorrow, but I thought maybe next week, Friday, maybe. He said, I can take a few days off. We can drive down to Galveston to the beach, even in winter's pretty there. She turned and was staring up at him. Why, you mean that? It isn't. It isn't you just saying it so I'd stop harassing you. You've been a kisser for it with breathless in I don't know how it happened exactly. He said in a husky soft but I'm in love with you. <laughs> she said her arms around and I'm in love with you too, Harley. She said in a wondering tone, searching his eyes. He lifted her up to him and kissed her in a new way, a different way, with reverence and respect and aching tenderness. I'll marry you whenever you like, she said against his lips. He kissed her harder, the passion returned, running them together, lo locking them in the heat of desire that was even more formidable to resist. He drew back, out of his teeth in frustration, moved her away from him. We have to stop this, he said, at least until after the wedding. I'm really old-fashioned about these things. Tell me about it, she said. I came from a whole family of Baptist ministers. Need I say more? No, I know what you mean. He drew in a steadying breath and looked in the mirror. Okay, now, I believe that Pelosi was a little boy, he told her. I'll smear too, and it's not my color. It definitely isn't, she agreed. She wet a washcloth and proceeded to clean him up, clean both of them. Then, while he got his suit coat back on and his hair combed, she finished her own makeup. By the time she was done, he was waiting for her at the door. He smiled as she pushed her. You look sharp. He said gently. She rolled the bow around her neck, smiled from her. You look devastating, she replied. Stuck out an arm. She leaked her hand into it. He opened the door and followed her out. There was a band. They played regional favorites and Harley danced with Alice. Practically the whole town had gathered in a building that housed the local cattlemen's association to celebrate the coming of a new year. Pair of steer horns, the idea of Cowboy Ballinger, their new state senator, 
waited to fall when midnight came. Haynes Carson was wearing his uniform, and now let's tease him about it. Hey, I'm on duty, he replied, and I'm only here between calls. I'm not arguing. It's a big turnout. Is it always like this? Always, Haynes replied. He stared at Started to add to that when a call come over his way, though he pressed the button on his portable and told the dispatcher he was in ready. See what I mean? He had it with us. Have fun. We will. Harley replied, smart, sliding an arm around her. He waved as he went out the door. As he swayed on you. Harley asked just a hit of jealousy in his tone. She pressed close to him. Everybody but Haynes knows that he's sweet on Manette Rainer, but he's never going to admit it. He spent years blaming her for his younger brother's drug-related death. She wasn't responsible, and he even knows who was, because there was confession. That's sad, Harley replied. It is. She looked up in her smile. But it's not our problem. He said we're getting married next Friday. I'll have to ask for time off. He presses him. So will I. Do you want to get married in church? She hesitated. Could we? Yes, I'll make the arrangements. What sort of flowers do you want for your bouquet? Yellow and white roses, she said once. But Harley, I don't have a wedding gown. You don't want a big reception? Not very big, no, but you should have a wedding gown here, please. Oh, we have a daughter. She could have it for her own wedding one day, or it could be an heirloom, at least, to hand down. A daughter. Children. She got a brother. I haven't thought about Oh, yes. I want children. I want them so much. His body curled and so do I. I'll buy a wedding gown first thing when I get home, she said. I'll need a maid of honor. You'll need the best man, she added quickly. Oh, as Mr. Parks, she said. She's my, I don't really have many women friends. Do you suppose Mrs. Parks will be my maid friend of honor? I think she'll be honored, Harley said. I'll ask them. Wow, she said softly. It's all happening so fast. Not too fast, is it? She hurried out. Not too fast, he sure. We're the same sort of people, Alice. We fit together like a puzzle. I promise you we will. I'll take care of you all my life. I'll take care of you, she replied to him. I want to keep my job. He said, of course you do. You can commute, can't you? She said, of course. I have a Honda. I've seen a nice little car. I've got a truck so we can haul stuff. Mr. Parks has given me some land and some cattle from his favorite herd. There's an old house on the land. It's not the best place to set up housekeeping, but Mr. Parks said that the minute I proposed to let him know, and he's got his construction crew out there to remodel it. He has a, I told him Saturday that I was going to propose to you. Or lives part Saturday? Mm-hmm. You know, that's just one I knew I couldn't live without you, Alice. She pressed close into his arms, not caring what anybody thought. I felt that way, too, like I've always known you. He kissed her forehead and held her. Yes, yeah, so we have to place, we have a place to live. The boss will have it in great shape when we get back from a honeymoon. He lifted her, his head. Would you mind living on a ranch? Are you kidding? I want to keep chickens and learn to can't and make my own butter. He laughed. Really? Really? I hate living in the city. I can't even keep a cat in my apartment, much less grow things there. She moved. I'll love it. You get it back. I'll bring you one of my chicken catalogs. I like the fancy ones, but you can get regular hens as well. Chicken catalogs? You like chickens? Boss keeps with me, said. I used to gather eggs for Mrs. Parks years ago. I like hens. I had my mind on a small ranch, and I think chickens would go nicely with cattle. She decided, we're going to be very happy, I think. I think so, too. The Parksy showed up along with the Seals and the Scots. Harley and Alice announced their plans, and the Parksies agreed with delightful speed to take part in the wedding. Other local citizens gathered around to congratulate them. Midnight came all too soon. The steer horns lured to the loud count by the crowd. Out under the bright Texas stars to celebrate 
the new year, the horns made it to the ground, and band struck up, out of loosing, and everybody kissed and cried, and threw confetti. Happy New Year, Alice. Harley whispered as he went to kiss her. Happy New Year! She threw her arms around her and kissed him back. He left her at her motel with real reluctance. I won't come in, he said at once, grinning wickedly. We've already discovered that I have no willpower. Neither do I, she said. I guess we're very strange. Most people who get married these days have been living together for years. We're the odd couple waiting until after the ceremony. He became serious. It all goes back to those old ideals, to the nobility of a human spirit, he said softly. Tradition is important, and I love the idea of chastity. I'm only sorry that I didn't wait for you, Alice, but then I didn't know you were going to come along. Uh, I decided that I'd never find somebody I wanted to spend my life with. He smiled. What a surprise you were. She went close and ugly. You're the nicest man I've ever known. No qualms about what I do for a living. She added. Like, it's a job. I work with cattle and get sunk up to my knees in cow manure. It's not so different from what you do. We both get covered up in disgusting substances to do our jobs. I never thought of it like that, he hugged her close. We'll get along fine, and we'll wait even if half the world thinks we're nuts. Speaking for myself, I've always been goofy. <laughs> so have I. Besides, she said, poor man, I was never one to go with the crowd. You'll call me? Every day, he said, I was away from Friday. She said, my we from Friday. Happy New Year. He gets to happy. Happy New Year. He got back into his car. He didn't drive away. She was safely inside her room. End of chapter 9.